0: Welcome, IronRadio.org listeners. This is Lonnie hey. Lowry. I'm a nutrition and exercise physiology professor, and I'm a bodybuilder. Hey, Rob Portisport. I'm a
1: journalist, uh, former editor at Muscle International, former competitive bodybuilder and powerlifter.
2: And this is Phil Stevens. I'm a powerlifter, strength coach, uh, sometimes highland game athlete, uh, and I run LiftForHope.org and strength field. Hopefully not future vegetarian. Oh, yeah. Why don't you let everybody know about that? Yeah, yeah I got a, I got a bet going. Um Pretty much I, had, I don't really care who wins the Super Bowl, so I had to find a way to make it interesting. And my news feed on Facebook is just loaded with people, go 49ers, go this, that. so I picked the underdog and uh, put it out there on Facebook looking for somebody who'd bet against me. And uh, I'm taking the Ravens, and I don't get the spread that's there. And if the Ravens win, I don't have to go vegetarian for a week. If they do, our 49ers win, uh, then I'm going vegetarian for a week, and the other person isn't, so it be rough. Yeah, it'll be interesting. <laughs> so I'm I'm going to have to watch the game now and and just pray.
1: Yeah. We're that's, to, that's tomorrow.
2: Tomorrow, yep.
0: Phil's fate will be decided. Yeah, my fate will be decided.
1: Who, who are the mid-game mid, to, mid, mid game acts? There is none. <laughs> of course there is.
2: <laughs> the, yeah, the, the halftime show?
1: Yeah. I don't know.
2: I don't know anything about
1: it, man. Is it, Ju- is it Justin pipes Bieber? Bieber? I hope not.
2: No, I don't know who it is. I have no clue. I'll find out tomorrow.
1: Hmm. I just know there's a bunch of people
2: throwing around a pigskin, and they're going to be hitting each other real hard. So, and I'm looking for, I'm looking for my team to win. So, so I used to follow football. I just quit. I don't know. I got so into individual sports that I spent all my time watching Olympic lifting and powerlifting. I'm the same
0: way. Imagine in my field, too. Everybody's a jock in exercise science, you know, except me, because I only care about a very narrow range of sports. I don't know. Yeah. You know what? Like you said, Phil, you just chug chug gallons of milk, eat mixed mm-hmm. nuts, mm-hmm. do it some other way for a while. Exactly. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Um, I think Phil's got his mouth full of food, so I'm going to step in. <laughs> yeah. I got a couple of um, sort of quasi-science news bits here. Um, Strength and Muscle Sport News. The first one is I just wanted to mention something I saw on CBS on Thursday morning. And you guys can chime in on what you think about this. But there was an expert on there, and I sort of caught halfway through, but I don't know if he was a a physician or a Ph.D. or what. But he was actually saying that rapid weight loss is best, not gradual. He said this whole Hmm. thing that we teach people about trying to lose, you know, half a pound per week or whatever um, and not going beyond that is just not backed up by the facts, not supported by the facts. And he didn't really seem to have any hard evidence to support his claim, except that he was saying that um, people who lose enormous amounts of weight very quickly tend to weigh less five years later, I think he said, than people who lose more gradual. But, mm. of course, the first thing that jumped into my mind was, wait a minute, but what was their body composition like? Yeah. You know, I mean, if you, if you dump 10 pounds this week, how much of that's going to be muscle and carbs and water?
2: And, well, I think also, I mean, you see a lot of those people that lose it faster, the, the people that yo-yo a lot. They'll go hardcore on a diet at January 1st, and then they'll lose 20 pounds by the, you know, 15th, and then they're off the diet again. And then in the next month, they start it again. Instead you know, of so the people that actually learn how to,
0: you know, create a diet they can live with. I just think it's one of those population specificity things that the general public doesn't consider that, what are you saying maybe true, super obese? You know, if you yeah. can if you weigh four hundred and you can dump weight down to three hundred, yeah. you might be yeah. better off a couple of years later than somebody who tried to do it a half a pound at a time. Yeah. But I think and I mean, you know, but as athletes trying to lean out that's, you know, let's say twenty percent fat guy. Yeah. I still think a little bit slower is better. I mean the gains weight gain I would say, you know, you're not gonna do that overnight by chugging corn syrup beverages, you know, but yeah. Uh, for, for, as, for as far as the loss goes, I still think we've got to think about body composition, and I think no, if you try I, to dump weight too fast, you're just risking muscle. You know, I o- I totally
1: it, it always seems like there's somebody who, and again, I'm not the scientist here, but it always seems that there's somebody who, every once in a while, come, comes out and wants to be contrarian to what has been kind of established before, you know?
2: Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yes. No, and I think Lonnie, you hit it on the head. That it's, I think it's more about who who's doing the losing. Like when I lost i mean i I lost a hundred pounds in like three months, but this was I was a very I was active, but I didn't train at all, and I was three hundred twenty freaking pounds and I just dumped a crap load I had a a lot of fat to lose mm-hmm. and i i trained I started training and I was working construction at the time, and it just fell off, and I actually got stronger through the whole thing, but it's because I actually had an extra hundred plus pounds of fat to lose, yeah. You know, I wasn't some guy that was, like you said, 20 to 15% trying to lean out. I definitely
0: think there's sort of so. a mass action effect, right? Where When there's lots of fat to be lost, it will tend to come off. Yeah. You know, so. You know, oh, yeah, extent. for sure. <clears throat> anyway, I just thought that was interesting because I think the guy could have been really misinforming a lot of people, including people who are sort of active or, or certainly weightlifters. Um, not I'm sure he wasn't speaking to the weightlifters, but. You know, just that whole concept, that overgeneralization. Lose weight as fast oh, as you yeah. can, you'll be better off. Mm, I don't know about that. No,
2: and I mean, I most of the people that come to me and they say they want to lose weight are people that really only have 10
0: or 15 pounds to lose. <laughs> yes. You know, most people that are obese don't want to lose it. Now, I will I give you this. I mean, some of the thoughts <laughs> about really slowed metabolic rate have, were overstated originally because it was thought that if you lose weight too fast, your your metabolic rate will crash and you're ruined. And although there's some effect there, I think it might have been overstated in the past. But again, for this guy to, to just—he's almost supporting those biggest loser programs. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, mm, I don't know.
1: Right.
2: Anyway, be interesting to see who he's funded by. What's that?
1: I was going to say that always—that always seems to be something that you have to think about when you when you read any of these studies. It's, it's sad to say, but oh, you and me, it's true. You, you and me, Lonnie, have seen firsthand how that, that can <laughs> really skew. Um, you yeah. know, and pervert um, what you know, genuine data.
0: Well, certainly. I mean, just because you have credentials, I mean, the other main thing to consider is financial um, links. You know, so for sure. Yeah. Um, the other thing I have here is there was um, something that came out on NPR, the science part uh, show on NPR. It says to maximize weight loss, eat early in the day, not late. This was January thirtieth, so this just happened. Um, it says there's an old saying, it's best to eat breakfast like a king, lunch like a prince, and dinner like a pauper. Now we have evidence to back that up. Um, it talks about, let's see here, um, Marta Garolet of the University of uh, Murcia in Spain recently made one change in the way she goes about eating. She has not scaled back on what she's eating. Instead, she's simply been eating her main meal earlier. It goes on to say, as a researcher, she was interested in knowing how the timing of meals influence weight loss. So she tracked, um, I think, about 400 people there in a Mediterranean village. Um, she found that people who had eaten their main meal early in the day, before 3 p.m., lost five pounds more than those who ate later in the day, even though they were eating the same number of calories. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, there's always been this sort of back and forth. I know uh, David Barr who works with the NSCA. He'll sometimes point out that the, even the post workout nutrient window may have been overstated, at least as far as the duration, in, you know, of it. Um, yeah. Because it does tend to linger in a lot of ways. I mean, nobody's saying that protein synthesis wouldn't be stimulated from a lift or whatnot, but it says researchers in the U.S., including Frank Shear of the Harvard Medical School collaborated on the study. And the whole topic, of course, is chronobiology or the chronobiology of eating, and I've actually been to conferences where they were talking about this more and more, um, there really does to be, seem to be something um, about this. Because if you think about, like, those nurses' health studies uh, where the nurses who work night shifts get fat, even though they're not eating more calories than the nurses who work during the day, you know. Yeah. They're hammering sort of carborific um, snacks from the vending machines and stuff all night long. And they're yeah. not eating tons of calories, but they're getting fat because it's at night. And we had Graham Thomas on here, uh, God, probably three years ago now. And he was talking about some of this, too, about eating at night and how risky that is. Um, so anyway, he said, uh, people who didn't lose as much weight tended to skip breakfast or eat just a little for breakfast in the morning. Eating seems to send a signal to our body's clocks. Uh, it could be that when people delay eating until late in the day, things get out of whack. The master clock in the brain is no longer in sync with the mini clocks of individual cells of the body. Hmm. So, anyway, sort of interesting. They're still trying to tease apart the chronobiology of eating. I think most people, and again, uh, again,
1: I'm not the scientist, but certainly, I'll, I mean, all those things that you're saying about you know turning on internal metabolic clocks or cells or whatever. But I think it's kind of generally understood within most people, within certainly within our realm. That that is kind of a truism. I mean, w- what the mechanism is to make that so, like you're like you're kind of depicting there. Who knows? But um, certainly, I've found that, um, e- e- you know, starting the day with a huge breakfast certainly never seems to uh, negatively affect me in any way whatsoever. So, you know, regardless, I have definitely
0: read papers about how insulin <coughs> tends to affect uh, biological clocks. So, you know, now again, I've known strength coaches who don't like to eat breakfast. I think when Charles was on the show, he might have even mentioned years ago that he was a fan of just skipping breakfast, or you know people point out there 's not much evidence behind breakfast being the king of meals but yeah. uh, i don 't know I, I, there's a lot of theories floating around, but um, you know these are these are a couple more studies suggesting that maybe you know some of the the old logic is is wise anyway
1: well you won't conv- you won 't convince me that breakfast isn 't the uh, king of meals because i I've always found that it's <clears throat> massively important yeah. certainly to me and per, for, for performance later in the day or to certainly to stave off any sort of like even like even stave off overeating later in the day but, yeah
2: um well and definitely performance wise
1: oh absolutely
2: i know i'm mu- very much more i have to pay a, three times as much attention to what i eat the hours prior to training than what i do after
0: you know yeah, yeah. i remember last what maybe two years ago we were in dc and i was I was doing some pulse fasting where all I was doing was sipping a little bit of protein liquid every few hours, getting ready for a show and we squatted, uh, and I literally was like blacking out on the edges of my vision, you know, because here's me squatting with no energy, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. make no mistake. I mean, maybe some people can fast and lift a lot better. I had a hell of a time with yeah, it and I was yeah. doing it every Friday. I was doing that sort of pulse fasting by just trickling in protein every Friday. Um, I don't know, <laughs> but, I, but, I, but I even think the whole oh they just now
1: I'm getting pizza delivered. Yeah, he's the pizza right. man. Yeah, um, I, I even find that um, eating breakfast is also great for muscle retention too. I think that if if you really want to maintain a certain degree of musculature, I think I think breakfast is, and I I've just found that from trial trial and error over the years. But I, I really think that if you're not eating, if you if you're going to have a day where you're not going to be eating a lot. Yeah. Um having a gigantic breakfast can go a hell of a long way to kind of minimizing the negative effects of maybe that day having, you know, shortchanging yourself on calories later in the day.
0: Well, I can tell well, you for sure there's more insulin production early in the day. Now that could come back to bite you. You know, I mean, so you, but you could also use that to your advantage. Of course, anybody who's mm-hmm. smart is going to use insulin to their advantage. Um but well, you do have the- a greater insulin response. You have be- a little bit better, um glucose sensitivity in your muscles early in the day than later. Actually, your blood sugars run about thirty milligrams per deciliter higher in the evening, and since muscle's seventy percent recipient of blood sugar, it makes you wonder. "Mm, You know, maybe I could take advantage of this if I want to, you know, build or maintain muscle at least. You know, well, that has to make some kind of sense. I mean, you're coming
2: off your only and your your longest non-purposeful fast that you're going to have. You know, you've just not eaten for six, eight, nine hours, whatever, Um, and you wake up. There's there's a good chance to get some food in there. Um, right. If you stave that off for another five hours before you eat something, then it can't be doing much any good.
0: Well, it, this um, all goes back to what this, this, this whole chronobiology thing and the you know the diurnal rhythms of the body and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and eating is a cue to start them in a lot of ways, yeah. like you're saying. So um, now, Phil, you had a, a bit of news about uh, um, a, a little girl who deadlifts as much or more than I do. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. I
2: wanted to just I thought it was pretty cool that. Tali Bova Gunal,
0: if, I'm probably butchering
2: the name, but that's I'm pronouncing it how it looks, um, came and broke the all-time women's uh, world record total and deadlift. She uh, did the WPC Worlds in Vegas. She's a raw lifter, raw, no wraps. So, you know, singlet and a belt. And at 114 pounds, she benched, or she squatted uh, 292, um, benched 193, and deadlifted four hundred eight for a total of eight hundred ninety-two pounds and just crushed the world world record by uh, jeez, I think it was fifty some pounds. Flipping amazing. Um yeah, and really, if you watch the video, there's a good video of it, and the only thing she appeared to work on was the deadlift. Hmm. Um, the rest of it looked pretty darn easy. Um, so yeah, it was pretty amazing. And you look at her; she's a she's a small gal, and what impressed me too was uh, you know, I'm impressed by any any lift. That's world record or close to it but to see a, a small gal do it and the deadlift was conventional and i got nothing against sumo but there's something that's just more primal and tough about a big long conventional deadlift and most of the smaller gals are sumo pullers she she ripped this thing off the floor conventional and finished it you know finished it hard from the knees up she was struggling but uh yeah a hell of a total i mean that's oh, yeah amazing
1: no, that's, that's phenomenal. And like, like you say, no, no, no offense against anybody who sumo deadlifts because it's, it's a legitimate way to do the, the movement. But certainly, yeah, I mean, in almost all cases, there's so much more distance that must be traveled when you're conventional yeah. pulling. So yeah, there, there is a certain amount of holy crap. <laughs> yeah. And
2: even, I mean, yeah, I mean, not to get off on topic, but I mean, even power lifters, it's like they, they see a conventional pull and they're like, yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah. when compared to sumo, there's just, it's held in a little higher regard. So, yeah, congratulations to her. I mean, I'd love to be able to, I've tried to track her down and see, find out more information about her, but uh it's hard. She, you know. I'm sorry, did you I, say you don't know where she's from? She's from Azure, Azerbaijan. Oh. Okay. But, I mean, trying to track down some kind of contact or anything has been yeah next to impossible. There's hardly anything out there about her. I mean, you'll find a couple videos, and that's about it.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: wow. That's stunning.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: It is, yeah. Um before we go to break, what about gym talk? What's it like in the gym for you guys, either one of well, you guys? Phil, how's it, how's the training? It's going well, good and bad. Like last
2: Saturday, I had one of the best days I've had in a while. So I've been box squatting and letting, laying off my knees, and last week it felt great. Um, and, you know, what I do, I hit 490 for four sets of two and, like, a set of eight. And then shoulders coming along, I hit... 275 for a pretty easy set of 12, so I'm in the tank on bench. So, yeah, coming along. Then deadlift day it was the most horrible day I've had in a long time. I had strung together about four great weeks, and then last week was, yeah, it was okay, and then this week it was everything I had to just do my five sets of three. Yeah. It took
1: me an hour and 15 minutes to do five sets of three. So... Mm. Yeah, it's you know, amazing it so when you kind of you're, you're having that. You know, it's it's one of those things of equal parts is bittersweet, right? Because you have those runs where everything is just working perfectly, uh-huh. but even though everything's working perfectly and you're having phenomenal sessions, you know, you, you kind of the experienced mind knows, you know, um, that eventually that's going to turn around. Yep. <laughs> so, and whether that's going to be in the second, third, fourth, fifth workout, you know, for okay. that exercise, but it, it eventually will. Uh-huh. Yeah. But then, of course, the also the seasoned mind knows that you know that that's almost not a bad thing, right? It's just saying the body needs to kind of, in in the way I look at it, it's almost like it's recalibrating. You know that your the demands you're placing on it, and it's going to kind of like you know prepare for another surge. Exactly. In, in, yeah. Yeah. So so yeah. you you got to give, and the phrase I always use with people is you always got you got to give it its time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when like you're saying for you specifically, like you know you had to give it everything you had just kind of get what you needed to get. But you know what? Again, you can look at it like, oh, damn, but or you can look at it like, like, like a veteran should look at it, like, okay, you know what? I've, I've had a good run. My body is now kind of going to sink into its hibernation stage for a few weeks or several weeks or whatever, and it's going to recalibrate itself for what I'm asking of it. And I'm going to, you know, and then I'm going to search for it again. So trust,
0: exactly. trust the cycle. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah, and
2: I'm not worried, and that's a good reason why I I generally program myself to. I'm usually hitting lifts that I know I can hit. On a bad day, and that was a really bad day. But I, you know, I got the work in that I needed to. I didn't take any extra, you know. I'll I'll usually leave myself the ability to to do some some buy ups after after my sets if it's a good day. And
1: it it wasn't one of those days. I didn't do
2: anything after I was done.
1: You know, there's a certain amount of satisfaction too when you're training on like a hard program where. You're having a bad day, and you know you're very weak that day, but you still hit your numbers. Exactly. You know, there's some, no matter how difficult they might be. You're like, okay, you know what? But I still hit the numbers that I was supposed to hit, and there's a certain amount of satisfaction in that because That's it kind that of shows punch block. You know, yeah, but it also shows you know, like um, I mean, obviously, not only your your willpower and you know mental dedication to what you're doing, but it it also just shows your your physical capabilities when you're kind of off. You know, yeah. and like I say, there's something unsatisfactory about that. To know that, even when you're having a bad day, you still can perform to you know, right? Just this, this okay. level, yeah. you know, level X or whatever. It's still there. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yep. It doesn't it completely so. escape you. So, um, yeah. And, and a lot of that is, I think, a lot of a lot of um, arriving at that level again is just um, experience and, and training yep. the body. Past the point of just kind of those early years of just, you know, worrying about nothing but muscle size and hypertrophy and actually, as you, we always talk about on the show of actually getting to the point where you're going for those more long lasting kind of neuromuscular kind of adaptations, yeah. you know, where your body yeah. is, is past the point of just, you know, just bulbous muscle and it's to it's the point of, you know, being electrically better than everybody else. <laughs> yeah you know you know where you're just your your skill set from a mechanical standpoint and nervous system standpoint is just superior
0: well that's where i think experience isn't just in how you respond to a uh, a tough workout like in a reactive way but it's in the programming you know yeah. like you can help minimize those kinds of sessions by not having an open ended eternal linear periodization model, you know, yeah. where you're yeah. going to go heavier, bigger, heavier, bigger, heavier, bigger for, forever, and then just kind yeah. of float, because that's not going to happen. You've got yeah. to have deloads. You've got to have, you know, change gear days. Uh, and you know, with me lately, it's like, I know that these evenings that I'm training late, you know, 7, 8 p.m., it's just not my best time mm-hmm. after a 12-hour work day and everything. I, so I go through those. I, you know, I do what I set out to do on the program, and I wait for Saturday. What yeah, I can agreed. just blast off. You know? Agreed, and that's what that's where I'm
2: at too. Like my deadlift day right now, which was my tough day. I, it's on Tuesday nights after I've worked all day, and this will be next week. Will be week eight of that, and then I'm going to switch them. I'm going to put my squat day on that tough night, and I'll move my deadlift day to my Saturday when I'm good. So you know, I know if I can get through that that tough deadlift workout on a Tuesday night when I hate it, you know, I'm in a good place. So when I move it to Saturdays, I'll be killing those. Puzzling.
0: Yes right yeah, right. yep uh I'll tell you I, sort of the opposite I had a great workout today, and I have on these past few Saturdays, so Good. it's almost like micro cycles, you know, yeah, we're you know down during the week, and I'll tell you what it's hard, no matter how experienced you are, we can sit around and say, oh, we trust the cycle, okay, but it's never fun no. you know to fight through one of those midweek workouts, yeah, you know, and it always is fun for me to you know for the Saturday ones, so I just try to remind myself, you know plow through it don't waste your time with junk sets and reps but approximate your numbers you know and I'm not dead set on meeting certain numbers like you guys necessarily but you know approximate what you're worthy of yeah you know and then just like i said blast off on saturday and that's that's what i was able to do today i actually lost one of my workout weeks or workout days this past week because of work so i doubled up and i it was Harsh. I mean, I had to do, listeners can be like, are you serious? But I did, I was in there for almost two hours. I did, uh, chest and back, uh, and shoulders and arms. And, um, so I just yeah. tried to, you know, so I just did the most basic kinds of things. You know, I did like five work sets in the bench, you know, with medium yeah. to heavy weights for me. And then I did five sets of rows, five sets of dumbbell military presses, you know, then I did some Nick Bird burnout for biceps, triceps work. But that was something that it wasn't going to waste my time, and I felt like I paid back that missed workout,
2: sort of. Another thing I've been messing around with, too, is I give myself... Normally, a very classical powerlifting training template is like, you have a squat day, you have a bench day, you have a deadlift day, you have another upper body day. And I've taken my... I'm I'm down to three days a week, but... um, My Tuesdays or my Thursdays now are just I'm going in there, and it's an upper body day. You know, I overhead press, do some dumbbell bench, and a lot of rows and crap like that. But I have no goal coming in aside from go like bodybuilder style. So I don't touch anything under 10 reps. And just I'm not worried about load. I'm just worried about hitting the right muscles and and kind of working for a pump type of thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's moved my, you know, I'm healing up my shoulder. I'm feeling stronger and bigger than ever. I, I, another reason I did it is because I'm gaining weight up to 280. Um, so I want as much as I have to be lean
0: as I can, and I'm just doing five sets of two aren't going to do that. You know, Phil, something Rob <laughs> always says that I think is it's such a truism is enjoy your training. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with enjoying a big pump. I mean, no. you know, we yeah. make fun of pump monkeys all the time, but there's nothing wrong. If you, if you do your bread and butter movements, why not just go put a, a sudden inch on your arms and walk around huge? <laughs> Yeah, and
2: that's, I mean, we're uh, me and my training partners, two of them, we come in there and pretty much we just joke around for an hour and a half and just keep moving. And, you know, another set of rows, another set of, let's try some of these rows, you know, and we'll do 15, 20 different moves. And it's a lot of fun, and my joints are feeling great. You know, like I said, I'm three months ago, because of my shoulder, I, I benched 135 and it hurt, and I just hit, you know, 275 for 12 with, some in the tank so
1: something's working you know well so. yeah because I always do say that because it's true I mean there's I mean obviously when you're following a rigid uh, you know s- structure in your routine where you have your percentages and your reps and your sets and the weight and all that stuff it's it's a different it's a different type of enjoyment but there's, yeah. but there's also a, a certain amount of stress with that too just because mm-hmm. because like you say you're going to the gym and you're okay this is what I have to do and it you know, come hell or high water, whether I feel my oats today or not, I have to kind of hit this. So there's, yeah. and, but there's an enjoyment to that. But at the opposite yeah. side, there is, like Lonnie's saying, there certainly is an enjoyment as well from the whole idea of going in. And so what I often do when I'm in a, on a hard schedule, which I'm not right now for reasons that you guys know, yeah, I won't be for another few weeks, but within several weeks, I'll be back onto it. But what I do is I always have my, you know, like if it's, a, if, if it's my deadlift day, you know, I'll do my deadlifts and have all that mapped out, but all my accessory stuff for my back, then is not. Yeah. And then I'll always end up 50, you know, in the last 10, 15, 20 minutes, I'll end up with just doing, you know, just, just, just kind of like, not stupid things and not pointless things. Yeah. Because, because I never do things that are pointless, but, sure. um, but I'll, I'll choose things kind of randomly. Cause it, cause it yeah. kind of, it still, for me, again, for being a former bodybuilder, it kind of, it brings in that old, old kind of feeling of, okay, well now this, these last 10, 15, 20 minutes, I'm just kind of like freewheeling it a bit. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a, and I'll choose, again, I'll choose things that have merit, you know, not just mindless crap, yeah. but it, it's stuff that I'm, I haven't been thinking about for the last two, three, four days a week. You know what I mean? It's just like, you know what? I'll do this and I'll do three okay. sets of that and I'll do three sets of 12, set 12 with that. Yeah. You know, and, and like, like Long is saying, it'll just be pump stuff, you know? Yep. Um, yeah. But it'll be stuff that is both fun, um, you know, energized and you know leaves you is almost therapeutic, both from a, yeah. a emotional standpoint. Because I mean, as much as we don't like to think there's emotion, you know, we're guys, we don't have emotions. But you know, it, for guys who are very dedicated to their training and hardcore athletes of any type, emotion. Really, I think for certainly for successful athletes, emotion is a huge part of the engine that drives you, right? So. Oh sure,
0: yeah. otherwise it wouldn't have much meaning, you know.
1: Right, so um, and again, it kind of flies in the face of that whole kind of, you know, thing about, oh you know, I'm a big tough guy, you know, emotions, blah 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 blah. But I think really, really, I, I think people who are, you know, mature enough and sophisticated enough can see past that and realize, again, that people who are very successful, Probably in anything, I mean, even beyond athletics, but certainly in the realm that we're talking about, you know, in physicality and athleticism and all that, emotions are a huge driver and you have to kind of get beyond that whole, well, you know, I gotta just be a machine. You're not a machine, you know, well, you are a machine, but you know what I mean? You're, you're a machine that thrives on different emotions and you have to realize that every time you go in the gym, you're not going to have the same emotion, you know, but every emotion can provide you with something that can be energy, you know, whether it be fear or, you know, de- desperation or sadness or anger or, you know, you're elated and happy. I mean, all those things, you know, not to attach a, a, a negative or a positive to the emotion, but what we, you can attach to it is, you know, that it's a re- it's a real thing and that you can pull something from it that can energize and actually make your, your physical activities and, and pursuits that much more powerful. You know what Rob, I mean? Rob, so, I'll
0: tell you, um, one of the things, case in point, like I, I got some old music but new old music you know off itunes today for my workout mix and uh you know i've got old judas priest and iron maiden and stuff and i haven't heard this stuff in a long time and i was just riding high you know so i'm thinking i'm gonna get a big pump and i did and it felt great and i'm unapologetic i think that's where like i said with programming you've got to have enough flexibility and it this takes some skill and some time um To be able to take advantage, like you said, there's a difference between junk reps and and wasted nonsense at the end, and versus days where you're saying, "I feel great," you know, I'm going to cash in on that a little. Yeah,
2: yeah. You know, no, and you know, you just brought the pump. For me, I mean, it's been so long; it feels awesome to walk around like somebody just took an air pressure pump and blew you up. Yes, (laughs) yes, it does. Oh, (laughs) it's like I couldn't if I had hair, I couldn't brush it. <laughs> That's right. So, and it's like, wow, and then the wife comes out looks at you like, God, you're huge. It's like, well, yeah, I don't know, I can barely move. My wife won't say that no. to me because she says, I am too big already.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's, she's, she, it's funny, Lonnie's wife has always been like that. I even remember when I lived down close to you, I'd be over there and, and you know, you, we'd come back from the gym and, you know, I'd say something like, uh, I, I remember this distinctly, you know, I'd be like, oh man, you got a great bump in the gym. And she like, oh don't, uh, yeah, I can, I try always to do your wife's voice, you know, oh don't tell him that, you know, he just you know, beat his head. And I'm just like, you know, hey, what the hell, right? You know, you just spent a couple hours busting your ass. You know and what
0: then, though, Rob, uh, the, the, about the 99th time that she's, she's leaning in the bathtub with me, painting me up with fake tan, <laughs> you know, it gets old. It gets, it, it, it's, I'm sure it seems to her like, Oh God, you know, (laughs) I mean, she understands she's been the wife of a bodybuilder for over 20 years, you know, but yeah, yeah, it gets, I'm sure she's just not going to feed that whole scene. But you
1: know, know, as we all know, and probably the majority of our listeners know, I mean, it's a drug that never loses its its effectiveness, you know, like the pump that you feel when you're 15 years old and you're working at some crummy high school gym starting out, that pump never feels worse ever. You know what I mean? Like, um, it might yeah. be harder to achieve a pump, you know, if you're 70 years old, but the point yeah. being is once you get that pump going, it's, it's, it, like I, like I say, it's the drug that always feels just as good. So.
0: And I think the reason for that partly is because it's always relative to your past several workouts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you said, you could be 65 or 70. And look at Bill Pearl 80, you know, and yeah. I mean, does he objectively, I'm sure he's not as big or pumped as he was. When he was competing, and yet, relative to the past several weeks, probably feels damn good. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, you know, we we are spending so much time on gym talk. Maybe we'll <laughs> make this episode a gym talk. Um, yeah. Because we, we do have a topic um, that we could. Maybe we'll delay it till next week a little. few more things I wanted to mention here my um my road to 220 uh, before I come out to see Phil Phil I got to tell you and I know there's some <laughs> listeners who will be like oh god that's so true the heavier you, you get the harder it is to keep pushing and making progress oh yeah because everything you know once you get bigger everything you do burns more calories right cuz yep. like rob says yep. you're, you're your own training implement you know yep. um your metabolism's a little faster and i mean so i was like Two seventeen and a half today. <laughs> oh, you know it's like,
1: yeah.
0: I I was making some you know a whole pound progress there for a while, and now it's gonna. I think it's gonna be quarter and half a pounds until I, until I nudge over two twenty. You know. Oh, no,
2: I agree, and I feel super heavy right now. Oh. Um, I was like, I'm now I'm like a pound and a half away from two eighty. I weighed in at two seventy eight point four, and oh my goodness, it's uh, Walking around and stuff like that it's like, Whoa, this is yeah i'm I'm twenty
0: pounds heavier for sure, but yeah, it, um. it, it, it just, just works <laughs> but, against you, you know, but yeah. it's
1: funny how it's all relative right like for because you know i i I kind of you know pushed past the two ninety point there for a yeah. while, and now because of what I'm doing right now um specifically again, which will last another four or five weeks and then it's done thankfully um you know, I've come down you know to maybe like two two seventy five two seventy seven mm-hmm. And, uh, it's funny, cause, feel cause I, I feel like a waif. Like, I, yeah. I'm walking around thinking, like, are my feet still on the ground? Cause I feel yeah. so bloody light. And I yeah. keep walking around thinking, God, I'm small. I'm so freaking yeah. small. And you're thinking, God, that's such that's a, oh, I won't use the word twisted, but it almost is, right? Cause you're just like, so it's, yeah. it's all relative to what you were, oh, yeah. right? Like, like yes. we were talking about earlier. If you were a 450 pound obese man at one point, you lose 120 pounds and now you're 330 pounds or whatever. You know, I mean, you 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 probably at that point, certainly for you know an intermittent period of time, you're going to be like, wow, I'm I'm just a waif, I'm tiny, I'm I'm light as a feather, feather." feathers. it's all relative, right? And you get guys who go walk around thinking, man, I feel really jacked. I'm 225 pounds, right? I've gained 20 pounds. I'm thinking 225. God, if 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 I snap my fingers right now and was 225 pounds, I would honestly feel like a 12 year old girl. Like it would be. (laughs) Hey, thanks for that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like, well, no, but you know, I mean, you know, different. It, again, yeah. that's why I'm saying, Lonnie, it's yeah. all relative in the context of you, right? So, yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, like you're you're saying you're pushing t- two twenty right now, Lonnie. I mean, if I snap my fingers, and all of a sudden you were two hundred and two pounds again. It would be the same thing for you would be like, oh my god, I feel so yeah. light and so. This is—I must be shrinking ridiculously. So. Well,
0: you guys know what I mean when I say, like, I—I I take a breath when I lean over to tie my shoes when I yes. get up around 220 or heavier. You know, it's literally, yeah. literally like, oh yeah. You know, and your face turns purple. Purple. You're just tying your shoes.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm. This is the first time that my deadlift feels weird. I'll stand over the bar. It's like, oh god, I got to get all the way down there.
1: Yeah, you were actually saying that last weekend. <laughs> it's and tough. I, yeah, and, and I, because we had a <clears> discussion about that, and we won't go into it again. But I absolutely, totally know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, yeah, it does that. That movement very specifically has uh, is very tied into yeah your your body weight at any given time okay. and how it feels. Like you say, Phil, before you even touch the bar. You know, mm-hmm. like just if you've done enough, enough deadlifts, of course you know how it feels in your mind. You yeah. can stand about uh, in front of the bar and almost in your head feel exactly how it's going to feel. And it's yep. you're thinking to yourself, okay, this is going to be a slightly different sensation because I'm 15 pounds heavier than I was. Yep.
2: So. Yeah, for me, it's really the hardest part of the deadlift right now for me is getting freaking set up. Yeah. <laughs> After I finally get in the right position, it's like, oh, it's all over. Boom. I get to stand up. And,
1: and you know, when you look at the real, real super heavyweight. Freak deadlifts. I mean, Phil's a freak deadlift in his own right for sure. But you know, the guys who are like nine hundred, a thousand pound yeah. deadlifters, and of course, a thousand pound club is a very exclusive club. But when you look at these guys, I mean, these guys are gigantic, right? I mean, they're like easily three sixty plus, you know. And and what, what you're saying, Phil, is absolutely right. I mean, you can almost see when they're setting up with the bar. Yeah. Almost, I mean, in kind of a, a different way, of course. But it's almost like the more difficult aspect of the whole thing is the setup. Yep. You know, once they yeah. get the bar, the body kind of just takes over and does what it's trained to do, but it's yeah. just like, you know, the setup is the part where- Getting like, in the right position, yeah. Yeah, like, like Lagani's saying, right? The, the benny it's almost like bending over to tire shoe, right? You're yep. purple in your head and you're breathing heavy just from- And It's, it's, and it's the same <laughs> thing when they set, for the set, set, up for the deadlift, right? It's like, but once they get themselves into position and grab the bar, it's almost like, screw this, I just want to lift the bar because then, yep. you know, it's, it's, yeah, so the it's setup- a release. Be, <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 yeah.
1: But, I mean, that's that's just an aspect of, you know, being a pure strength athlete, too, because we've talked about that, too. I mean, the actual training. Like, I mean, if if a powerlifter is in the gym for an hour and 45 minutes, I mean, how much of that time is he actually under the bar or, you know, on the oh, bar? A lot. I yeah, mean, you know, like, it might – I mean, God, when you think about it, it might be six or seven minutes. Sure. Yeah, huh? exactly. Well, you like know, and like the guy's in the gym for two hours. Like, I mean, you yeah. know, and I've noticed that by myself because people say, how long are you in the gym for? I'm like, well, you know, I – the squattings today, I was there for an hour and 40 minutes or whatever, and they're like, oh, and I'm like, you know, it's funny because I'm there for that period of time, but, you know, the, the actual time that I'm actually under the bar might have been several minutes.
2: Yeah, and that's like Lonnie was saying, you know, he just did a two-hour workout, and that was a big thing. It's like, well, my usual work, I've been in, in there at least two hours, you know, but it's just, that's the way it rolls. It's a totally different thing. Yeah. You
0: know? Yeah, it is. And, and that's, and that's Bodybuilding is just going to be a little, although, you know, there are the heavy times where you're, you're putting... You know, five minutes between sets, make yeah. no mistake, oh, but you're course, right, there's, absolutely. there's definitely more like, it's not, it's not the half a dozen minutes Rob's talking about, you, but, know, you know, actually you go under to some our, You go to some
1: websites, you know, and I always bring Get Big up as a, as an example, cause I on occasion go over there and check things out, but, you know, so many people on there will, they, they, there's so many people there who are so anti-powerlifting and so anti, and they, you know, they, they hear things about, oh, the guy was in the gym for, you know, it, you know, he did four sets of squats and it was an hour, and these, Complete imbeciles, and I'm sure some of them do it because they're just trying to be assholes, and, and some people are doing it because they seriously are this ignorant, um, you know, and the others who are just that biased. But, you know, oh, yeah. lazy power lifters. I'm like, you know, when you're squatting, like, you know, like upwards 5, 6, 7, 800 pounds, you know, and you're doing multiple sets or whatever. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, I mean, lazy? <laughs> I mean, and, and you know, they say, oh, well, the guy, the guy yeah, took right. 10 minutes between a set. And you're like, <laughs> Yeah, he took ten minutes between a set, and in one set, the guy squats five, six, you know, cumulatively five or six thousand pounds. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like you know like, what,
0: Rob? Tell someone like that. You know, let's see you go from zero to nine million miles an hour in two seconds flat, because that's yeah. what that powerlifter is doing. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's not going to sit around for ten minutes, and then go leisurely do some dumbbell curls. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to ramp up his nervous system to um, levels that the average mortals have no idea.
1: Yeah, but even when you're talking about multiple sets of doubles or triples or even singles or whatever, right, with a weight, people are like, oh, well, you know, he took five, ten minutes between his four, se- you know, his five sets of two or whatever. And it's like, yeah, but look what he's deadlifting, right? He's got yeah, exactly. like, 500 pounds in the bar. He's got 600 pounds in the bar. Like, and again, people think, well, I do, you know, you know, 400 pounds, two sets of eight, and I don't rest for more than three or four minutes. So I'm like, but this is, again goes back to the old thing we always bring up about the whole concept of, there's always that curve where it's like, you know, you're, you're you know, you're you're dealing with human nature and at some point, you know, yeah. even that 100 pounds jump is requires infinitely more amounts of preparation and emo- like again, a mental and hey, emotional it's it's
0: the same thing I said with body weight, you know, as you're approaching what mother nature, you know, your genetic um you know, liver, limitations give or take, let's say, mm-hmm. it's the same kind of thing, you know, the diminishing returns and like you're saying you the amount of effort you dump in to get that extra 50, 100 pounds, 200 pounds when you're in that 500 plus range. Forget it. It's, it's yeah. not a very efficient trade off. No. And uh, somebody just posted a great video. Um,
2: I got it right here in front of me now. Sean Choi, I think his name is. He posted on that, that gal's, uh, that just broke the world record, her thread that they got going on on our radio listeners. And it's just of like a lot of the best deadlifts ever. And it's neat seeing it because it shows what I've always talked about. You know, it starts off at like 300 pounds and there's some ladies lifting 300 pounds, and then it goes to 400 pounds and then it goes to the 500 pound club, then the 600 pound club. And you're seeing all these people in, you know, anywhere from 114 pounds up to light 200 pound lifters hitting sixes. And then all of a sudden 700 hits and these lifters start getting a lot heavier and then 800 hits and there's just like, there's like giant. 275 plus and Ed Cone. Yeah, You know, Ed, we don't even count him. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> that, you know, then 800 hits, and they're all 275 plus. You know, and then 900. And, you know, and it's just, it's like after 700 that you start weeding out. You know, it's all of a sudden the body weights go way up after 700.
1: Yeah. You, know, re- you know, and what people don't realize, you know, and these fools who say something about, you know, the duration of time <laughs> you wait between sets or something. They also say the same thing yes. as far as body weight and appearance and that. But people don't realize that there's, you know, just as much sacrifice as a bodybuilder does to have that six pack, a powerlifter does to, to, to be that heavy. You know, it's like, oh, look how fat he is. It's like, for, that's by, totally by design. He's, he wants to be like that. But if you think that 99% of these guys actually enjoy, I, he, I, I'm like, from an athletic standpoint, he wants to be like that. From, from, but from a comfort standpoint, I don't really know. I mean, I've known a lot of gigantic individuals in my life, and I can say that, I don't think any of them would ever say to you that, yeah, for, you know, when I'm not in the gym, I enjoy being 390 no. pounds. Like, you know, like it, yeah. it's, it's an effort. Like Lonnie was even saying earlier, I mean, it, it, let's not, eat, let's exclude even the whole just massive effort just to, to you know, maintain mm-hmm. that weight with the calories yep. and the it's, it's constant food and a constant bathroom. And it's yep. just a pain in the ass, you know. Oh, it's yeah. Me and getting in and like out a, of, getting in and uh, out of a car. Yep. Is is a pain in the ass, you know, and, and, but, you know, (laughs) again, you, you know, you, you suffer for, you know, it's like playing football, right? You get used to the bruises. I mean, you, you, whatever it is that you want to do, you have to accept a certain
2: discomfort and however that is, right? It's amazing because I was just talking to some, some people in my gym today about this. Um, the time I feel even orthopedically the best is when I'm training. It's like sitting down is a pain in the butt, going up the stairs is a pain in the butt, taking up dumps is a pain in the butt, getting in my truck. I go in there and I squat, and it's like this feels amazing. You know, it's, um, yeah, <laughs> Everything I, else just sucks. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, am, I have built myself to be really, really good
1: at squatting, benching, and deadlifting.
2: Right. At three Everything days,
1: else feels really bad.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's,
1: it's amazing how you do it. And, again, this is the, you know, the old classic form comes function. You know, you be, yeah. you become designed to do what it is that you force your body to adapt to do and it really is true because it's funny you say that because i'm the same way the when i feel my healthiest and i don't just mean healthiest as far as being vitalized and this type of thing i mean healthiest from all standpoints my joints my my spirit my emotional center my intellectual center when i feel the most perfect Uh is when i'm right in the middle of decimating myself with heavy weights <laughs> yeah, i mean yeah, i feel 100%. great i feel 50 my joints feel 15 years old I, like i i feel awesome yeah. you know and, and then it's amazing to me yeah like you say like i mean at other times you're doing something as simple and ridiculous as getting into a car and you're like this is way i i feel so much less healthy
2: yeah getting into a belt. car
1: than
0: i do with 600 pounds on my back <laughs> yeah no i agree yeah i you know case in point i I doubt my students have any idea, you know, not that I'm super strong compared to a lot of power lifters, but you know, my lower back is kind of stiff and, and I'm walking around when I wear dress clothes, I I look, I just look fat, frankly, you know? And I think if if they ever saw me in the gym, they'd be like, Oh my God, that's Dr. Lowry. (laughs) Because I'm, it's like a different person because after 30 years of doing this, yeah, that like you said, the, the, my knees are good. My lower back is good now. Yes. And that might be from the handful of ibuprofen i took but it's not just you know it's it's the process of being in the gym you know and uh the nervous system's firing the blood's flowing and and, you know we're specialists guys i mean that's for sure yeah
1: but you know it's it's, you know it's like that forever people who anybody who kind of dedicates themselves to something to such an extent that they become that good at it you know and it's like you know whether you're an accountant or you you change tires on cars or like it doesn't matter You know, it's it's that you know it's the it's the difference between the person that does the activity just because they're forced to do the activity and they don't really care. And again, maybe going back to what I said twenty minutes half an hour ago with the whole concept of you know actually investing emotionally into something because I think that's the difference. I really do think
0: that that's it does. Rob, you know what? On the way to the gym today, I saw a couple of people kind of trudging down the sidewalk, looking looking at their feet, and I thought, thank God I have this higher purpose that I'm about to engage in. You know, like emotionally I had something very rich. I was very excited to go to the gym, you know. Um and again you could call that the coffee. Well, partly. But yeah. like you said, it's something about, you know, it's it's an ability for, you know, to reach new heights with your spirit. And you know, these other people that I've seen walking around, I they just didn't seem like well, that to me. They didn't seem yeah, really to well, have the same magic to me. Even your coffee had a purpose though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you I know, wouldn't break have drank it
2: otherwise. Not that exactly. much. You know. Yeah. Exactly. So I mean even that there was a there was a, a purpose in having that.
1: So Yeah, and it's a da- it's a dangerous thing to, to kind of always say it's a dangerous thing when you take that away from somebody. I mean somebody who's never known that passion for anything, um, not so much because they just kind of exist as they are, you know, flopping around like a fish. Whatever, right? That's not for me to judge. Yeah. But for somebody who does, like people like us. You know, or any like anybody, anybody who you know, a a computer programmer, anybody. Again, so people understand who are listening right now that we're not suggesting that we're you know we're the only ones that have this passion for anything. You can can Mm -hmm. have this passion for you know uh, you know collecting buttons. It doesn't matter. But when you have a passion for something, it's very dangerous to even consider the concept that maybe you'll never have that. Yeah. You know, because it becomes kind of everything it's like and it doesn't it doesn't define you as being you but it's so much a part of who you are and how you identify yourself that you know the, it is e- rob e- uh,
0: when yeah. i when something really successful when i meet great success what's the first thing i'm doing crab shots and archer poses <laughs> 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 Woo! <laughs> right 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 uh,
2: nice yeah so. speaking of uh, passionate people you know lonnie and i are looking for eight passionate people to join us For a camp, (laughs) yeah, nice to (laughs) meet you. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) I figured I'd bring that up because we're at the end of the show here.
0: Yeah, what the the exact date is? March what? uh,
1: Friday,
2: March eighth through Sunday, March
1: tenth. So um, that that, that date is coming up fast, boys.
2: It is. It's coming up real quick. It's like five weeks. Yeah, so we got five weeks coming up, and uh, you know you'll come in on a Friday evening. We'll talk some shop, and then we're going to have two days of of training with heavyweights, learning things. Doctor Lowry talking about. Uh, I'm going to talk about caffeine and, and protein. Caffeine I'm, to, I'm actually
0: going to show people some research, pre-publication, pre-presentation. I'm going to show you some really inside stuff that other people don't know. And like I tell students, isn't it cool to know something that nobody else on the planet knows yet? Yeah. I mean, so it's it's cool stuff. And, yeah, and then, and not just that, like you said, I'm I'm. I'm hellbent to gain weight. So if you want to do this with Phil and I, put on some weight, make this an event, like we were just saying, you know, have some passion for it because, um, we're not playing around.
2: Yeah. And come on, (laughs) check it
0: out. There's a link at the top of the Iron Radio
2: listeners page. It's, it's all your, your, your hotels included. We're feeding you. You know, we're going to weather permitted. I'm going to light a big bonfire and we'll all sit around and eat meat and talk shop for some hours. Um, stuff like that. It's deals like these that, uh, really it's that off hour stuff. At, at conferences and stuff you go to, that's really the best. And yes. you know that's why we're keeping this small, eight people. And you know we're just going to build it around what you guys want to know. You know, with with two full days, there's no reason we can't really touch about everything. Um, so. Right. I mean, come, it's come a great it
0: it's a great time to if you have individual questions. <laughs> yeah, it's it's gym talk. You know, between exactly. sets.
2: You know, it's just talking all the whole time, sitting down, eating some meat, and then uh, you know. On the Saturday, we're gonna. When you guys are having lunch break, then my powerlifting team will come in, and you'll see all of us train, including myself. And uh, and I'll you tell you what, I'm gonna throw that.
0: down the gauntlet, people. Oh, <laughs> I, I dare you! I don't care how big you are. I dare you to out eat me. There you go. Nice. Nice. I got 30 years of practice, and I will pound back. You know, I mean, four-pound steak and wash it down with a half a dozen burgers. Bring it. Woo!
2: There you go. So um I know we got some people signed up.
0: Uh We got a couple more spots left, so fill them up. Yeah. It's just going to be, you know what, I mean, when I was talking to Mike Walker, who we're going to have on in a couple of weeks, he's preparing for uh, the next Olympic Games, actually. Yeah. Uh he is very stoked about this sort of, um we, we were calling it Viking Weekends there for yeah. a while. Uh, you know, just revel in it, man. Big, big yeah. eats, big weights, you know, lots of uh, gym talk. It's going to be really fun. And like Phil said, it's it's all inclusive. You don't really have to think about anything, but, you know, walking way bigger and smarter than when you arrive. You just got to get here.
1: You know, and it's funny, <laughs> you, know, you know, and, and so. opposed to the whole kind of new age thing of leave your ego at the door. No, bring your ego. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. As, yeah. lo- as long as your ego doesn't yeah. become, you know, non-brotherhood-like. Exactly. It, man, you don't cheer, I got- on me, you know, but you cheer on everybody else's ego and cheer on your own ego. You no. Know, we'll crank up the radio, the stereo, and you know, I got five acres here. You can go,
2: you can go five acres of crazy, just don't leak over to the next acres. You know, so, um, and, That's we'll, right. and we're good. So. Chase down um, and
0: tack- tackle a big buck and eat it on the spot. Yeah. You know, you guys can, <laughs> do any of that. So no, I think I was I'm I'm pretty stoked uh, to gain some weight, you know, keep the weight coming. Uh it's it's going to happen. So I can, I am not going to come out there a failure at, at 219 and a half. <laughs> yeah. So. so we can have fun. I'll be as big as I can to lift with you animals. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll
2: be fun. And I mean, it was time to do it. You know, we've talked about doing something like this for a long time. I'd love if we fill it up. Um if we don't, you know, fine. And I think we will after people see videos and stuff of it. You know, it's, it's build it and they will come type of thing yeah so oh um, yeah.
0: yeah sweet okay good to know first first weekend in March is that right yeah, I think it's the first
2: week 8th so it'll be second weekend
0: oh okay <clears> that's the <throat> very beginning of my spring break so uh, it's a very rare time for me to actually be able to break away and do something like this so I that's think that's five easy. that's five weeks yesterday there you go right on alright that'll right. work I'm I am fully shaking from my
2: caffeinated monster energy drink and I'm ready to go uh, tear up some lakes. I think so. I just
0: eat half a pound of winter spiced nuts. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with my workout. <laughs> All, right, All guys. right, guys.
1: All right. Thanks a lot.
0: Iron Radio is accepting donations. for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. Hey, IronRadio.org listeners, this is Lonnie Lowry and I'm just bringing you a sneak peek only for Iron Radio listeners at this point. If you Google CRC Press, Lowery, L-O-W-E-R-Y, and Protein, you can be some of the first people on the planet to see this book. It's specifically for strength athletes, Everything on the safety of high-protein diets, the efficacy, the dosing, the types, practical applications, and case studies. This is a textbook. It's not what I would call an industry book. This is not pseudoscience. This is the state-of-the-art science. And if someone wants to critique you on your extra protein intake, this will be something you could hold up and say, this is what the literature says about stressed kidneys, or bone loss, or gout, or dehydration, or